and greetings to all the faithful laity who have come to practice together from all various locations around the world. You have come to set your hearts, have this firm intent to practice the Dhamma in this period of seven to eight days. And at this time it's a chance to listen to the Dhamma, listen to the teachings of the Buddha, so may you set your hearts on this to bring your minds to samadhi, to collectedness. And so while we're listening to the Dhamma, we're sitting in meditation and we train our minds to be peaceful as we listen. We train our minds to have firmly established mindfulness, to have mindfulness with the body, with the mind. We can set our minds on knowing the breath, or being with the Bhutto mantra. Because while we're listening to Dhamma, it's possible to bring our minds to peace as we listen. And while we listen to Dhamma, we might learn and hear things that we've never heard before, or things that we hear we may understand more deeply, more clearly. And an important benefit of listening to Dhamma is the mind becomes bright and radiant while listening becomes peaceful. So these are various benefits of listening to Dhamma. So we have this good opportunity, this very good fortune. We've been born as human beings and we've met with the Buddha Sasana as well, the Buddha's dispensation. And we have this chance to come practice Dhamma because wherever we practice Dhamma, the practice happens in these bodies and minds of ours. And our minds and bodies are ready, having virtue as a foundation, having this quality of sila, virtue, to care for our behavior of body, speech, and mind, to make our behavior normal. And when our behavior is normal like this, then we can bring our minds to peace, to samadhi, to make our hearts firm in this. Because we see that these minds of ours, we can compare them to a vehicle, like a car. It's like a car that we use every day, all month long, all year long. And when the time comes, then we rest that vehicle, we park it, we give it gas, we give it maintenance, so that the car is able to run again, be used again. So the minds of ours are the same way. We have to rest them, and take care of them, and train them. Because the mind that has strength and has energy, it gets energy 
and strength from the five powers, the power of faith, belief, the power of effort and energy, the power of mindfulness, recollection, the power of samadhi, collectedness, the power of wisdom, this all-around knowing, the all-around knowing of conditioned formations. So these five powers of faith, energy, mindfulness, collectedness, and wisdom give our minds strength and energy. And when our minds have this strength, then when the mind meets with sense impressions, we're able to see them according to their true nature. We see that sense impressions arise, stay for a little while, and cease. So we see them according to truth like this. And the heart that is well established, firmly established, doesn't cling to sense impressions as a self. The mind is separate from sense impressions. So we have to train our hearts to practice the Dhamma, to have samadhi as a foundation. Because in the beginning our minds aren't quick enough to catch up with these sense impressions. But never mind about this in the beginning. Just keep re-establishing your mindfulness. So we have this roughly week-long period to practice Dhamma. We practice not to send our minds outside but to have our minds be with the body in the present moment. For instance, this morning we listened to the Dhamma and sat in meditation together. So we practiced to set our mindfulness to be continuous all the way into the afternoon. We changed posture to do walking meditation. And we come again to sit. And whenever we change posture, we take care to maintain our mindfulness to be continuous. Now at this time we're listening to Dhamma, we're sitting and listening. So again we set our mindfulness to be with our bodies and minds, to have mindfulness be continuous throughout all the bodily postures and throughout all the activities that we do. And if mindfulness is continuous, then the quality of sampajanya, clear awareness, will arise at the same time. And when we have mindfulness and clear awareness, then wisdom is able to arise with the sense impressions that are entering the mind. Whether these sense impressions are coming from the eye and forms, the nose and smells, the tongue and tastes, the ear with sounds, the body with tactile sensations, or the mind with mind objects. Whatever the sense object is, we train our minds to have samadhi firmly established. Then our mind has energy, has samadhi, and has wisdom. The mind is able to gather and see, and then we see that the mind is one thing, sense impressions are another. Sense impressions aren't able to enter into the heart. Then we see sense impressions according to truth, that they arise and they cease. There's something that's unstable and permanent. And that which is unstable is naturally stressful. And that which is stressful is not self. So this is the mind object of the mind that has vipassana, clear seeing. But for vipassana to arise, for wisdom to arise, we need to have samadhi as our foundation.
We need to have samadhi in our hearts in the beginning. And we see that in the time of the Buddha, when the Buddha was teaching his disciples, whether they were monastics or laity, many of these individuals would see the Dhamma while they were listening to the Buddha teach. And sometimes it would be during their first discourse, the first discourse that they listened to, they would realize stream entry or once returner or non-returner. Even some cases where people would listen to the Dhamma for the first time and realize arahantship, full awakening. So when we think of this and contemplate this, we see that the Buddha taught just once and these disciples saw the Dhamma. So these disciples needed to have samadhi in their minds so that when they listened to the Dhamma of the Buddha, their minds were firmly established. Their minds were well established in the present moment. Then they were able to know and see the Dhamma. So therefore this Dhamma of the present moment is something of great importance. So we set our hearts on this practice, not to send our minds out to thoughts of the past, things that have happened before and already ended, or things that have yet to come, thoughts of the future. We don't send our minds out to these, but instead we set our minds to have mindfulness in the present moment, to have this quality of mindful recollection, clear awareness. And we see that the mind that lacks strength and energy, that lacks mindfulness, the mind will chase after likes and dislikes, will get caught by liking and disliking. And the great teacher is taught to set our mindfulness with bhuto, the meditation word bhuto, or to do various other chants to be able to bring the mind to peace and give rise to this firm establishment of mind. Because the mind that lacks strength and energy, liking and disliking will arise in various events of the mind, various mental formations arise, then the mind is busy and distracted. So therefore in the beginning, as our foundation, we need to have a meditation word in our hearts all the time to give our mind strength and energy. We could also say to make the mind firm, to make the mind gathered in samadhi. And when the mind has samadhi, then the meditation word disappears by itself. At this point, the mind that's pure and bright arises. Then this is the mind that can see sense impressions and know them as they arise and as they cease to see that the mind is one thing and sense impressions are another. We can compare it to the mind being like a bridge and the sense impressions are water. So the sense impressions, the water, the water level rises and the water level recedes, but the bridge stays at the same height. The bridge is untouched and unaffected by the water level as it rises and lowers. So the mind is the same way. Whether it's liking or disliking, pleasure or pain, happiness or sadness, we practice to keep the mind in 
the middle. Otherwise, the mind will chase after all these various moods and sense impressions. And when the mind and sense impressions are separate, then we can see clearly. So therefore we practice collectedness, practice samadhi, whether walking or sitting or listening to Dhamma. We bring our minds to peace, to firm establishment. And we may not have samadhi on the first day of the retreat, but don't give up, don't stop your efforts, but have faith, have perseverance, keep putting forth effort into cultivating mindfulness and samadhi. And it's possible doing this that on the fifth or sixth day of the retreat, samadhi can arise because mindfulness is continuous. So when we change posture, go from walking to sitting, or sitting to walking, may this only merely be an outer change of posture, but internally mindfulness is continuous. We have mindfulness with our meditation word, or with our bodily sensations, or with our body in the present moment to make our heart firmly established, to give rise to samadhi. So in terms of this Dhamma practice, the Buddha taught all the various methods and ways. What's left for us to do is to put it into practice, to actually do it. And when we actually do the practice, then the fruits that can arise are great. If we want miraculous fruits from our practice, then our practice itself should be miraculous as well. So in this seven-day period, you're able, while practicing in this way, then in, in this seven-day period, you're able to receive the fruits of practice. Samadhi can arise and wisdom can arise, whether a little or a lot. And for new practitioners, they keep practicing and keeping on practicing continuously like this. It's possible that doubts will be dispelled, doubts will disappear, doubts with regard to Dhamma practice or with regard to the Buddha's teachings can disappear. We have faith and confidence arise that merit exists, demerit exists, Nibbana exists, hell exists, because we see that all these things are right here in our own hearts. We see that all dhammas gather together in our own hearts. Because the mind is the forerunner, the mind is foremost. So in the seven and eight day period, may you care for your minds and take care of them well. May you cultivate mindfulness and clear awareness continuously in your hearts to give rise to firmly established samadhi in order for wisdom to arise. And when the mind has samadhi well established, in the past when I studied with Ajahn Chah, I asked Venerable Ajahn Chah, when the mind gathers in samadhi already, then what should I do? And Ajahn Chah answered, when the mind has samadhi already, then use this samadhi to contemplate the body to contemplate this conditioned form of the physical body, to see the 32 parts according to their true nature. 
And when we see, according to truth, the 32 parts, we see the body according to truth, then we don't cling to the body. So this is having samadhi as our foundation, the mind that's peaceful as a foundation. And this is samadhi, could be to the level of momentary samadhi, kanaka samadhi, or upajara samadhi. Whatever the case, when the mind exits that samadhi, then we use that samadhi to contemplate the body, to see it according to truth, according to nature. In, the, in this way, our upadana, our attachment to the body, can gradually reduce, and our understanding of the Dhamma becomes deeper and deeper. And when we reach this point, then our doubts about the way of practice, about the methods of practice, are reduced as well. We see for ourselves the way to peace and the way to wisdom. Because when doubts arise, we seek for ways to answer them or to dispel them. So may you set your hearts on this Dhamma practice. So we have this online retreat for seven days and you've given your time to this retreat, many people from many places. And if you're living with many people, you can practice to speak little. And if you live alone, then you can practice to keep a watch over your heart and mind, to have continuous mindfulness. And when you go to rest, set your mindfulness to be with your samadhi or with your meditation object, with your meditation mantra. Before you lie down, you can see the body as a skeleton, or you can see the body degrade. Then when you rest, then really allow the mind to truly rest, not to think here or there, but to give the mind true rest. And then when you open your eyes and wake up, reestablish your mindfulness right at that point. When we're able to do this, then our Dhamma practice is continuous and even. And then samadhi is able to arise in our hearts. The fruits of practice, we don't need to try to, to call them into us. We don't need to try to make them happen. Because when we do good causes, then good fruits arise of their own accord. So may we all practice giving generosity, practice virtue, morality, and practice bhavana, this mental cultivation, to bring our minds to have mindfulness, samadhi, and wisdom so that they can arise. And this is the true refuge of our, of our minds. It's like when we build a house. When we build a house, this is a house for our body, an outer shelter we use for our physical bodies. But this Dhamma practice is building a house in our own minds, which is a place for our minds to have, for our minds to rest. This is our true house, because our outer house degrades and falls apart. Or when the time comes, we leave that house and go to a different place. But our true house, our true home is sila, samadhi, and panya. This is a house that we build for ourselves, we make for ourselves. The Buddha 
is merely the one who shows the way, who teaches the way. If we don't put the teachings into practice, then the fruits won't arise. So the great teachers and the Buddha are like the ones who made the fruit orchard. All we have to do is go into that orchard and pick the fruits. For the, for the Buddha to make that orchard requires a lot of effort, a lot of investment of time and energy. It's something that's very difficult. But for ourselves, we don't need to work that much. We just go in there and pick the fruits. And so this practice of Dhamma is the greatest homage we can give to the Buddha. And this is what the Buddha taught. Out of all the various pujas, all the various ways of homage that we do, the homage of Dhamma practice is the highest, which brings our mind to its true refuge, its true home. So samadhi can arise in the heart. So therefore, may we set our hearts on this Dhamma practice during this seven-day period. So I give my Anamodana rejoicing with all of you, with all your sincerity. So may you set your hearts on having continuous mindfulness to give rise to samadhi, to give rise to wisdom. Then when sila, samadhi, and panya gather together in the mind, we can see the Dhamma according to the truth. So may you set your hearts on this Dhamma practice. May you all grow and prosper in Dhamma.